Well, in this show, from Impractical Jokers, Joe Gatto is joining us. Chris is doing the news, and we're doing all that right after this. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Studios in Glendale, California. This is the Adam Carolla Show. Adam's guest today, Joe Gatto. Plus, we'll do some news and trending topics with Chris Loxamana. And now, to him, everything is TLDR. Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. The choice is going to make it. You get it on. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Joe Gatto is in studio and Practical Jokers, of course, for uh, over a decade. The show that, I guess, snuck up on people and just became a sensation. Yeah, yeah. We caught him by surprise. <laughs> yeah, when my son was 11, he and every single one of his friends was just just glued to Impractical Jokers. Yeah. And um, it was... It was I mean, I, I, I get the format. It's good. <laughs> but there are a lot of other good formats yeah, out there. And this yeah. one just captured people. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, you guys were playing like Madison Square Garden and stuff. Like it. it yeah. It, crazy, right? I mean, let's talk about that yeah. for a minute. And then we'll, we'll get into more uh, recent things. But how fast did it become big? Uh it took us a while for it to get fast. <laughs> we were trying. We were like we always said we were eighteen year overnight success. Like we right. tried a lot of sketch comedy, improv out of New York, and different formats that didn't work. A couple failed TV pilots. But then when we found Jokers in uh, twenty ten, I think twenty eleven, it was it was literally just a kind of like a last ditch thing. We were like, you know, this acting thing's not working, so let's think about a way that we could just showcase our friendship and just like how we made each other laugh. And so, everyone went to high school together. We met in freshman year of high school. I know them since I'm fourteen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're younger than I am, because when I went to high school, I had funny friends and stuff, but it it was never a thing, because there's nothing to do with it. It yeah. was like somebody who didn't had gasoline 10 years before the internal combustion engine <laughs> was invented. It right. was like a byproduct of trying to, trying to um, reduce or trying to get uh, like lantern oil or right. something. Like right. it, it just, it didn't have any value. Yeah. But you probably made it, you know, you're younger, so you, it was a thing, or it could have been a thing. Yeah, it could have been a thing. It was like, um, well, we went to an all-boys Catholic high school, so uh-huh. it was just us two, which helped, I think, to right. develop your, like, messing around with each other, kind of, or just concentrating on male friendship, I think, mm-hmm. it was a little bit a little bit different without distraction, you know? Um, so, but we just... Really, I think that's why people responded to the show so much because I always said it's like more friendship on display than anything. Because we'd always hear like, "I have a friend just like you," or "I have oh me, and my friend should have done that." And we decided we took a shift early on. If you look at the first season versus like even the second or third, it was so fast. It was just clips, and it was just like you know, it was like we did like five challenges in a in a, in a half hour, twenty two minutes. It was just like punchline, punchline. But then it started with a conversation that Sal and Murr had in the uh, behind the scenes where Murr asked Sal to borrow his chapstick 
Mm-hmm. And then Sal just like went off on him. and was like, what are you talking about? I'm not giving you my lips. He goes, on my lips. And he goes, what's the matter with my lips? And it just was so funny. And it was honestly funnier than whatever we did that day in that supermarket. So I put it in the cut and I sent it to the network. And they were like, oh, this, this is fine. They're like, yeah, but it's not really the show. I'm like, yeah, but it is. So we pushed for it. And once that like clip hit and everybody saw like our personalities, then you started seeing the challenges being able to reduce. You get to see more conversations, more of us talking. And I think that really was the difference maker besides just a prank show that was just like, you know, doing stuff like that. Hidden camera stuff can be uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. Because there's no context. I've done a few of them. Yeah. Um, when I used to do the man show, I did a couple of hidden camera bits. Yeah. And they were very different because because I would do a, like an Ask Mr. Hardware thing where I would just go to a hardware store and run into people walking up and down the aisle, and, and I'd fuck with them. Mm-hmm. But there was a cameraman there. So – at least there was a context yeah. to what I was doing. But I in the hidden camera stuff, I was always super uncomfortable. Yeah. I felt horrible. I felt bad <laughs> for the people. I was a gas station attendant and we did a hidden camera thing and it and I would do shit like I'd go like, I'll pump the gas for you and I'd pump it and it would click after like eighty nine cents. And then I'd go, uh, well, that's all we got, you know, and they'd go, what do you mean? I'm, I'm on I'm on empty here. And I'd go, yeah, but by law, I can't pump twice. And they'd go, well, well that's nuts. And I'd go, listen, I like you. I want to help you out. Just leave. Drive around the block. You make them come back. And like, come back. Okay. And then we can do it. But don't pretend like you don't know me or something. And they'd be pissed off. Yeah. Right. Of and course. it was uncomfortable. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So you must have dealt with that oh. the whole time. We did. The thing that would help us, too, was... Um, we were messing with each other and not really out there to make people. Right. It wasn't like a boiling points or like even where you mess with. Like we were our own mark. So like my friend was the one that was under the, you know, under, under the magnifying glass. So that helped to us. Like if we made people mad, it really wasn't working for us. We would say stuff like this is they're getting mad. This isn't good. Let's, and we'd switch it up right. because it really was about making us look like a fool. And we we're in New York City. So everybody just thought we were crazy. On right. Top of that, right. You know, which always helped us in the corner. Yeah. The joke is always on you. Always. Guys. It had yeah. to be. It had to be because if it wasn't, then it wasn't didn't feel like our show. We literally stop and be like this isn't working we rewrote stuff like when we had a thing where we decided we wanted to do something and it wasn't working we cut huddle up for a half hour change it and go back again and then we had to, that's how like we spent that much time making sure it stayed on brand that way and i think that really really was like part of it all and people had to sign clearances right yeah that was interesting so you Oof. couldn't piss them off that much it's not even that like you got you catch people like we were they had this big ikea in brooklyn and we did a, a we did a challenge in Ikea and they made me do this bit where, um, you know, they're big and I'm, you know, a fatter guy out of shape. Right. So they're like, just start, f- try to find an armoire and start jogging and make this guy follow you. So this guy is with this woman and I'm like, Oh, there's a great armoire in the corner. So I start following and I start jogging or whatever. And then I, they're faster, faster. And I'm running. This guy's with full tilt running around the, you know, <laughs> running the thing. And then I find an armoire. I was like, oh, here it is. Look how big it is. And I pull him in and I shut the door and we're in it just talking. And it was great. I was like, he's like, nice armoire. And he's like, yeah, so it's great. Over cut. Great. Hey, you're on a hidden camera show. I'd love to you know, be part of it. He goes, listen, this was really funny. I, I loved it. You're hysterical. It was great. But uh, he's like, I can't do it. I'm married. And I go, okay. He goes, yeah, but this isn't my wife. Uh, he was like shopping for discount furniture with his, yeah. his mistress oh, out in Brooklyn. And then there was two other couples that that happened with. There was really? two other people that wouldn't because they were with somebody they shouldn't be. I swear. And it was like, so we stop. If you look at that job, we don't talk to couples. Like we stop. We're like, we can't. <laughs> this is all just an adulterous Ikea with Swedish meatballs everywhere. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was weird. Well, so. if you think about the people that are attracted to Ikea, a little more of the European <laughs> vibe, sure, you know, sure, a yeah. little. You Everybody know, likes to deal and steal. Yeah. Self-assembly. Yeah, they don't judge. You know, yeah. people eat lunch nude and kids drink wine and they're just not as uptight yeah, as sure. we are. For sure. Yeah. Oh, God. 
That is so funny. I, uh, you know, did you, because well, I had to do it on crank yankers. You know, mm-hmm. we had to piss the people off, yeah. insult the people, sure. and then call them back and tell them we needed them to sign something. But we figured out that we could kind of sweeten the deal with like a gift certificate to Olive Garden. Dude, uh, buy people's groceries. Yeah. yeah. Buy people's groceries was like a, such a hack. Um, a $20 gift card. Like it's crazy <laughs> because a lot of our interactions were short too, right? So there was a, I don't want to get too much into detail because I don't want to get somebody in trouble, but there was a gentleman and we, we normally didn't do this, but we did a punishment in the show. You know, if you lose, you get punished in this one. We decided that this one guy was so good. We're just going to focus on this guy. And we used him for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And when it was over and we told him, he's like, I don't want to sign. And we just filmed for an hour and we had a great punishment. Right. And we're like, we got to get this guy. So we pull him in the back. We're doing everything we can to talk <laughs> to him or whatever, you know? So finally he was like, uh, he was like, he's like, he's like, I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it. And he was a little like uh, skeevy, right? So we were like, come on, you, you got to do it. I was like, you know, ladies love TV stars. He's like, yeah, I guess that's true. All right, I'll do it. Like, oh, that's really? all it took. Oh. <laughs> that's I'm all convinced. it took. It was crazy. Well, so, my, yeah. my advice to anyone who does get caught up in one of these grifts and it gets filmed and somebody wants you to sign a release even if you're an aspiring comedic actor and you think this would be great for your career, just say no the first three times because you're going to walk out of there with a shopping cart full of free groceries, t- tickets to a Lakers game. Like They will sweeten that pot. They're not going to just let let you go. We had a battle in Times Square. There was two hidden camera shows filmed at the same time, us and somebody else. And somebody came up to me while we were filming us. And I was doing my bit to them, and they were doing their bit to me. Oh, wow. And then we bo- I saw one of the cameramen of theirs. Ours were, were very – we did a lot of outdoor – our guys were good, real good, like the best in New York. And I clearly caught their cameraman, and I thought it was one of mine for a second. So I, like, did a whisper. I was like, hey, I see I see a camera there. And, they're like, and then my director was like, that's not ours. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then it was a guy with a baby stroller. It was a guy by himself with a baby stroller with a camera just coming out the side. It was like so obvious. Wow. I, was like, I was like, oh. And then it, I was like, are you on a hidden camera show? And he goes, oh, no, no. I said, because I am. You are too? He goes, yeah. And then everybody like raised their hand. There was like four, there was like 15 people in the uh, park. 14 of them were cameramen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you were, uh, I got a, your coaster guy, yeah. mm-hmm. which I like. I'm not an animal. Yeah, no, yeah. I look, I, I agree. I think Coaster is like one of those tells like, um, you know, Van Halen with green M&Ms or something. It wasn't there because they liked green M&Ms. It served a purpose. purpose. You could kind of, you know, like if you're interviewing somebody and for a job and they sat down and put their feet on your desk, mm. no matter what the person said, you'd go, this is not the guy I want to hire, right? It, it, it's like, it's a tell. That's an obvious tell. For sure. The coaster's kind of microaggression. I like, I like tell, I see what you're you doing. Know? Yeah. There's a whole group of people, and, and I think they're related. There's the non-coaster people, and then there is the step over the mat when they're walking into the house people, even if it's raining outside. They literally will stride over Yep. The mat, yep. the welcome mat. I've seen it. Yeah, these and animals. I, I think it's the same person. Yeah, same people that park crooked. They don't correct yes. when they're when they're over the lines. I hate that. I, I, but I don't considerate people. I, <laughs> well, they're very considerate of themselves. Yes, oh, but sure. they're 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 not golden rule people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a there's a deeper ring of hell with the 
with the coaster people, there are the people that once provided the coaster still put the mug down next to the coaster. Uh, that, yeah. That's a slap to the face. That's yeah, that, that becomes a war crime. That's we have it. to get the hag involved at, at that point. Thank you for coming. Shut the door behind you, you animal. Yes, yeah. there is the no coaster people, but that's excusable if it's not provided. But yeah. then there is the set next I, I do. I do find like little things like that. Like uh, when you do a shared space, like you've done a lot of stuff when a shared space, if they don't rinse their cup. Oh, after, boy. Oh, right. Oh, oh, cup oh, rinse like a oh, symbol. The oh, I didn't rinse. mean to hit a nerve. I didn't want to oh, get controversial here, guys. A decade, too long. <laughs> a decade of cup rinsing discussions. <laughs> I find that to be insane. Yeah. Especially, and there's a version of the non-cup rinse, which is tantamount to the set next to the coaster. It's the coffee mug with a half inch of coffee in it, set in the sink under the spigot, uh, and not a burst. Not dumped. Not dumped. Uh, I th- that is. I can't. I argued here <laughs> for I don't know eight years, Chris. I mean, what do you, what do you think eight? it was? Way more. Well, it, it was it was eight years of hard arguing, mm-hmm. and then the next you know six seven years of sort of it trickling in, sort of sort of thing. To the point where everyone here got their own mug with their own likeness on it because I couldn't sell my message as the owner of the building. We had a mug with our face on it. So you know. I couldn't sell that notion of rinsing your mug. Yeah. I I don't know. And I'm I'm utterly perplexed. I have have no idea how it works. Uh, To me, rinsing a mug with a little bit of coffee in the bottom of it is like hitting the plunger on the urinal. I like it. Yeah. Like it feels positive. It feels it's, like I it's did come to completion. something. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I I I have noted this. It, there's a circle. Has a beginning. It has an end. It, it 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 hits. It touches at some point. And the pulling down on the lever. Like when I go into an airport, there's a big pot of gold piss waiting for me. I'm like, I like the satisfaction of hitting yeah. the plunger. Yeah. Why not you? Yeah. Yeah. I like the satisfaction of the burst of sink water into the mug. Yeah, it feels satisfying. So when you guys had the mugs faces, was identity fraud going on? Were you stealing each other's mugs and just like setting people up? <laughs> oh, people take my mug all the time. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of mug gate going on yeah. around here. And then a lot of, and then the worst thing ever, which is at some point I would show up. Everyone else was in the building for two hours, and I'd walk to the sink, and there would be a mug with the coffee in it sitting in the sink. And then I would say to anybody, hey, why not rinse the mug? And they'd go, not my mug, which I always – the best answer ever for the boss is not – I'm not doing a fucking thing that doesn't have to do with me. Not ahead. I've got, You've been to the sink seven times since you've been here. Yes, but that is right not yeah. my mug. Well, technically, you would still be on the clock if you raised the lever and water came out of the spigot, right? Yeah. You wouldn't punch out no. to do that. You would get – we get paid to do 100%. it, right? Now it could argue it's overtime if you did it after hours. <laughs> Not, yeah, did the golden time with your That's mug right. rinsing. Yeah, I didn't know we could invoice for it. Oh God! <laughs> Sorry to cost your money with this conversation. Now it's a new. Oh my God! This uh, this office behind us. It's like 12 feet long and five foot wide. It's just this little narrow office. And there were three guys in there. And I went to one of them and I just went, "You, you got to clean this office up." And he goes, "Hey, man." Uh, there are two other guys in this office. I go, the office is as big as a small walk-in closet. You know, I go, you got to clean it. He goes, I'm not, I go, you want me to measure off 33% 
of this and then put a piece of blue tape across yeah. it and that'll be your zone that you clean it. Like, Brady Bunch, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's the Brady the Bunch. Yeah. yeah, every good sitcom had a an argument and then we're going to divide the apartment in half. Yeah. And like Laverne and Shirley yeah, like would Laverne just put, that, here. put yeah. that line and uh, then at some point you figure out the bathroom is on the other side of the line yeah. and comedy would ensue. <laughs> All right, here's another subject. Uh, L.A., I've lived in L.A. my whole life. It's getting a little dicey out there. Mm. Uh, for the first time ever, I find myself kind of looking over my shoulder a little bit when I'm walking around yeah. out in the streets, you know, cer- certain neighborhoods especially. And rightfully so, because there's all these crazy crimes now. Where First off, we don't know what, you know, the, the homeless, it's basically like um, – it's basically like the situation with Palestine like in Israel. Like, we don't know which one of them is in Hamas. You know, which one is weaponized. You know what I mean? They all just look nuts and, and disheveled. There, yeah. Which one has a ball-peen hammer and is going upside your head? Like, yeah. we, I don't know. So, to me, all the homeless are, like, potentially dangerous. And they're kind of yeah. staggering around the streets. It's just kind of, in, in general... There's a vibe, especially in L.A., even in good neighborhoods where people are getting followed home and yeah. getting jacked in their driveway and blah, blah, blah. So with that in mind, and this is, you know, I'll, I'll tie it into the coaster. <laughs> I'm going to bring it <laughs> back to I'm going to be impressed how you do it. <laughs> there must be a certain awareness for people of sort of how they're perceived. Like, I'll give you, for instance. If I'm walking around outside this building and it happens, sometimes there's women like at just walking in front of me on the on the sidewalk. And sometimes they're smaller, like Asian women. I don't get up on them. I'll stop. Give them some space. I don't want to me- I don't want to menace them. I don't want them to feel like there's some dude and he's five feet behind me and we're just walking like and they're like kind of looking over their shoulder like. I, I understand the sort of context, right? And there's a lot of crime and people are scared. So I sort of don't do things that would alarm people. Now, here's this dude. Now we're getting to the guy who doesn't use the coaster. I pull in here on a Sunday. I go out, do dates, and then I come back, Burbank Airport, and somehow end up in this parking lot on a Sunday. And uh, I get my car, and the guy I'm traveling with gets in his car and whatever, and it's Sunday. There's nobody around, you know what I mean? But the other day I get here, I'm getting my car, and some sort of shitty car, like, sort of pulls up sideways on the driveway and then sits there, then, like, pulls back a little, then pulls forward a little, and it's just sitting there. And I'm just getting in my car. I got my luggage, but there's nobody around. And I'm like, I don't know who this dude is, but I'm not. Then he pulls forward and he parks. Then he gets out of his car. Kind of heavy set Hispanic guy, not dressed to the nines, and he just kind of stands at the, at the end of the driveway. He's kind of kind of looking at me, and I'm like, "All right, I'm not going anywhere now. Like, I'm getting in my car, I'm putting it in drive, and I'm starting to think if this guy starts coming up on me, like, am I just going to go for it, or am I just yeah. going to put my hands up, whatever?" He's kind of standing, he's looking, and then he's like on the phone. And then at some point, he just kind of goes into a house like over there. But it's like it's dicey behavior when nobody is around. Like in your car's kind of a beater and you're kind of a beater. Like what is the, you know, just pull up the street, park, cross the street and walk with purpose. Like yeah. what is the everyone is freaked out about street crime now. Why are you why are you doing your 
impersonation of a criminal. Criminal, right. I'm essentially like, why? Situational awareness. Yeah, right. Uh, So I guess is your question, do you think when he went in the house, he used a coaster? No, he definitely didn't (laughs) use No. He used a coaster in his house. In his house, yeah. Right. right. Not in my house. I think, I think, I think, I think some people, a lot of, I think, People don't get it a lot. I don't think people perceive the world the same way a lot of the times when you think it's it's to us it seems like common sense, but some guy was like, Oh, I had a problem parking. Like that guy was like, I was on the phone, I was if I got a problem parking. Yeah. You know, to us being on the other side of it, it's a little weird. But I think overall, I I lean towards that too. And I think coming from New York City and seeing my whole life a lot of weird people and weirdness on the subway, streets, whatever, like you do have a different social awareness of things like that. Yeah, I I've I have sort of hypervigilance anyway, so yeah. I notice everything. Yeah. And usually I'm bothered by almost all of it. Yeah, but you go to some places now and it's it's crazy, man. I, I was in Seattle recently. You've been to Seattle recently? Yeah. Oof. Portland, Seattle. Seattle. Oof. Oh, I was in I think I was in Tacoma or something. I was like decided to take a walk on a uh, Saturday morning. In Tacoma? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. What are you, a superhero? <laughs> I know. Hitting the streets? Corolla man? <laughs> yeah. I just I just started walking yeah. and I and as I started walking, I started getting into seeing more homeless people, more homeless people. I literally just turned around and yeah. just hustled it back to the hotel. I, like, I was walking I was like, around there, I saw a full blown full blown tie off and oh right, right, on, right on it was three PM in the afternoon. I was like, what the I went right back. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, the yeah, it's nutty in some in some areas. It's really bad, and you know, it's, it's it makes you it makes you a, a little worried, but also I think in the same point makes you more aware. And if you're right. aware, like, <laughs> well, is this in the just in the last decade? Because I remember ten years ago, Adam you used to love going to Seattle. You looked forward to it. It was like you'd the, be walking all over Tacoma. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, just gallivanting, mincing in Tacoma was the name <laughs> of my special. In Tacoma. <laughs> um, Yes, it's it's gotten demonstrably worse, and all I'm saying is, is why is it getting worse? What are we doing? And then we should reverse the worse. Mm-hmm. That would be my campaign. That's a great campaign <laughs> yes. slogan. And and it's reverse also like, the oh, yeah. yeah, China's blowing into town, so Gavin Newsom comes in with a pressure washer and cleans up all the shit on the streets. Like, oh, we can do this. I. The th- here's the thing about the policy. It's it's policy that created this, so we can use a- another policy to get out of it. The problem is, is the people who created the policy don't want to admit they were wrong, and thus the problem just just gets worse. I mean, yeah, I've been bad parts of San Francisco, bad parts of Portland, Seattle. It's weird, and it's also a general, like, all right, back in the day when you were having sex in order to prevent yourself from orgasming they would say think of baseball but i think i think a lot of people like baseball so they would think (laughs) of like the holocaust or the grandparents having sex or things that were real real parents having sex is probably yeah different different vibes there are two different types of people real load killers you know Well, what's the difference between that, you know, it's like sort of negative imagery kind of thing, and then just walking through Seattle, just seeing people walking in a circle looking for a place to die, you know, or somebody shooting up. Like, if you're a 10-year-old kid, you got to be pretty fucking bummed out. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I was just driving through downtown L.A. and stuff and all the beat-up campers everywhere and garbage everywhere. It's it's like, it's hellscape-ish. It, it's really sure. like damnation alley. Like when when people go, oh, let's go for a beautiful, relaxing 
drive in the country, they're, what they're saying is, is I want to look at nature and a pristine vistas and stuff like that. Well, if that makes you feel good, and we can all agree that makes you, that's good for your head, right. well, then what's this? Yeah. It's the exact opposite of whatever's good the upside down. <laughs> for your head. And yeah. also, I don't think you can live with tons of garbage and homelessness and junk everywhere and sort of have a clear thinking city. Like, I, I just think it it fucks you up. Like, I, like yeah. it's like your home office. If it just has junk everywhere and the trash is overpiled and everything. I think it's, it's like, about everything, too. Like, if you feel overwhelmed... It, with anything. They say exactly that. Like if you li- work in a scattered workplace, a place that has just junk everywhere and it's not organized, whatever, and then you clean it up and you change it, you'll feel more productive or whatever. But I think that feels the same about a city. Like you could – you feel uh, overwhelmed by the situation that's right in front of you. You see these poor people out on the streets and things happening and you're like, oh, my god. You know, I get to sleep in a bed and you're thinking about all this stuff. So I, th- I think it's a – I think it makes you th- – think about humanity and just everything in a different way and it could have a negative effect where like you feel so overwhelmed like how how do we fix this you know what i mean yeah i was uh my my daughter was out looking at colleges and um she's going around looking at different colleges and she ends up in arizona somewhere tucson or something and i know well (laughs) then sorry for this I said, uh, so how was it? How was the trip? You know, whatever. She's like, it's a junk pile. Like, there's homeless people all over the place. The fucking town looks like shit. I'm like, yeah, all right, don't go there. Like, because <laughs> you're uh, lots of times in the middle of these, the poverty and the drugs and the homelessness and everything sits a college, which is this weird little oasis of money and nicely mowed lawns in the middle of, of just this heap of junk but i just think people are just gonna have to start voting with their feet like they're just gonna have to clear out and the thing that always gets me about la and california especially is like we're supposed to be on the vanguard of beauty and nature like we lead the world like we set the tone for the world for like electric cars and alternative fuels and recycling and all the shit and then you walk outside and it's a fucking trash heap. Yeah. It's like junk everywhere. Like how how can these two thoughts exist yeah. together? Junk everywhere, but yet pristine bays and pristine mountains. Like we're always talking about the mountains and the air. Yeah. Like the air. I would take the air being twenty percent more dirty if we could get the fucking <laughs> shopping carts and the carpet rolls right. off the fucking streets. Yeah, yeah. That's probably go hand in hand. Actually, you know, it's. Okay. All right. I'll I'll switch gears. I'm going to switch gears. Sure. I'm here. Um a uh, Ferrari just sold for almost 52 million bucks. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Holy cow. Really? Yeah, Ferrari GTO. 52 million dollars? 52 million bucks. So what's the story about the car? Uh it's it, a, it's a it, Ferrari GTO. That's it. Is is it new or was it a car? It was like a classic. Oh, it's a 62. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, they made, I don't know, 34 of them or something from like 62 to 63 what or do, whatever. What do you do with that, though? You don't drive it, right? You just put it somewhere and look at it? Uh, not necessarily. They're guys who do uh, drive drive their cars. Nick, uh, oh, shit, from Pink Floyd. Who's got the? Who's got it? Nick Mason. Nick Mason. Nick Mason from Pink Floyd bought one of these cars for, I think he told me about 85 grand. 
<laughs> where's the where is like the yeah that's insane by the way where's like the big value like can i just piece off this headlight and that headlight is yeah. two hundred thousand dollars or is it um i i suppose if you wanted to part the car <laughs> out a lego set i, I wouldn't <laughs> divvy it up i wouldn't recommend parting the car out but um i wouldn't let that guy drive the car uh but i would i would reckon if you parted it out you could get up to maybe you could get ten million, but you're not getting fifty fifty two million now. Now, if you talk to Nick Mason, and uh, I was just thinking about it the other day because I I saw him, I interviewed him at Goodwood in in England, and he had his car. I, I guarantee, if you said to Nick Mason, uh, who bought his car for like eighty six thousand dollars in you know nineteen. 89 or something like that. Like, I guarantee it. If you said to him, Nick, what do you think about that GTO that just sold for 52 million bucks? He'd go, it's okay. It's not as good. Mine, <laughs> mine's oh, got a lot better to. history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, got, well, no. I mean, what I'm saying is, is it, it's not if, – if that – if that one won Le Mans 1962, then Nick Mason would go, well, that one's a little better in my car because my car didn't win Le Mans. His car – I think has more oh, history. It has history. It ha- oh, oh, it's all about the history. So mm-hmm. his car, while it's cute that that other one is fifty-two million, I, his is seventy-five. Really? Yeah. But aren't you pumped that because that one sold for so? I'm guessing right. it sold above estimate. No, oh, it, it was right about. They thought they were they were going to get sixty. And Nick, Nick shall be. Nick knows that the that the floor for his car is fifty-two million dollars <laughs> right, right. now. That's. Yeah. That's a fire sale. But you, you go right to market, right? With, right. You know that's it. I mean, I, I like – look, you can like your car, but you also like fifty, at least $52 million for it, right? Like well, you have to. Well, you, you sell – you know, but you think about selling it. So think about Nick Mason. This, this car of his that he paid $87,000 for has gone up a million dollars a year <laughs> every year. <laughs> right. So why is this the year to sell it? Right. You, you know is, what I mean? Is he married? I don't know. What, what would his wife think? Right. Just him holding on to this car when she could have a vacation house in yeah. every country. He's, well, he's, Dawson, he's, Dawson he's could look it up. But I, I, I interviewed him. As I recall, he paid under 100 and it was somewhere in the 80s. And, you know, it was a while ago, but it wasn't that long ago. He has no leg to stand on about telling his wife to be on budget going to Target. Or- <laughs> Like, let's take it easy with the Amazon packages. She's like, all right, let's take it easy with your $52 million car. Yeah. Oh, Grubhub again, honey? You know, there's a, ten, there's a 10% service charge. I found a coupon for beef. Right. Nick Mason bought the car for 35,000 euro, which translates oh, to $43,000. Oh, my God. Get him on the what phone. Year, Get though. him on the horn. And it's now, they're saying it's now worth $40 million. So that's a 10,000% uh, increase. Well, you say now it's worth $40 million, but not that article's two years old, right? No, we're just pulling this straight from Google, but hang on. Yeah, let's yeah. see. Well, it's not worth 40 when the sister card October just sold 25th, for... October 25th, 2023. Oh, October 25th. But, but this card just sold for 52 so like a lesser of version of this. Of he ain't. Yeah, he ain't at. He ain't at forty. Forty ain't gonna get it. He done. just made twelve million dollars yeah. because this guy spent fifty-two million. Isn't right. That crazy? And <laughs> and if you do the math from the uh, I don't know what eighties did it, did it say? Sorry, mid eighties, Dawson. I don't know what the year it was, but yeah. let's let's try to do the math. 
23. For inflation. And stuff. Uh, just for inflation. He bought it in 78. 78. Oh, he bought it that long ago. Wow. Okay. So, 80, so it's been 45 years. But he still made a million dollars a year. Yeah. He's literally right. bought a car. I'd appreciate it to that. And it makes a million dollars a year. I got that's it. that's how that's how it works. But Doesn't at happen. that at that rate, can you even get rid of it now? Like no. if you just watch so then do you enjoy the value of this car as it increases and you don't really get to No, what do you do with it? What doesn't, do you do with it? You take it, to, his cars? you take it to Goodwood. I know you yeah. take it to Goodwood and you press Adam Carolla, but he's yeah. the, the, you can't sell it now because it's it's just increasing in value, but you can't enjoy how much it's worth. Yeah. When uh, we were at Goodwood, I walked by Nick Mason. And I was really excited, and I wanted to say hi to him. And I said, hey, Mr. Mason. And he just walked right by me. And I was talking to Parsons a few months later, and I told him the story. And he goes, that's because you didn't call him Nick. Oh. He called him Mr. Mason. He thinks you're a servant. Oh. Well, the thing that's funny is he's over there at Goodwood with this car. (laughs) They're taking it up the hill on the hill climb. And the guy who's driving it is a French driver who's, I don't know, does rallies. He's got a professional driver driving it. I swear to God, the guy's name. He's a French guy. His name is Nick Masson. Like, it was like the same. Yeah, it's like, I am Nick Masson. Like, if Nick Mason was doing a sketch and he put on a mustache and put a beret on. Hey, I shall drive this car. Here's your baguette. Yeah. Croissant. Yeah, like his wife would go, yeah, yeah. you can't drive this car. And he'd go, let me get my French rally oh, yeah. champion drive. Hello. Never my seen him is, in the same place. My yeah. name is Nick Masson. <laughs> he messes up at home says, we oui, wait. Oui. Oh, no, I'm busted. Yeah. I, I, like, does he take it to Ralph's? <laughs> no, no. Delson's and Whole Foods uh, only. He would right. never, yeah, yeah. Ralph's. Yeah, he would never go to Ralph's. Ralph's. Yeah. He would get keyed at Ralph's. Kroger. Yeah, Kroger. Yeah, he'll he'll go to Costco because they they pump gas there and it's a little cheaper. Yeah, you get a, it was a really right. good deal. You get a good deal. Yeah. You got you really got a penny picture of a fifty two million. Well, okay. Let, so Chris is asking, what do you do with the car? What would you do? I like what if yeah you just had a cigar box mm-hmm. and I just gave it to you and I went every single year the cigar box is going to be worth a million dollars more than it was. Right. You would just fucking look at it and laugh every night. That's I, what you do with it. I would, but at that same time, every year I get closer to death. Threshold. And that I don't get to enjoy. So I have to find this exact midpoint, yeah. I think, where I can enjoy the amount uh, that I can sell this cigar box for. Yeah. Does <laughs> Nick Mason... Is he in good health? He's got, <laughs> he seems to be in, in good health. So, yeah, keep the car for a couple more. He's certainly in good spirits, <laughs> okay. as you would be if you fucking bought something for 40K. Right. Yeah. It was now worth 40 million. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Cherokee. he has kids. We're going to have to figure this out. Mm. Oh, oh yes, that's of. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's a well. Great so point. Leno doesn't have kids, and he's got cars <laughs> that he bought for yeah. you know seven hundred k that are worth twenty five million yeah. now, or at least one or two. Who do you think does he? He's got to have one of the most expensive collections, right? He's got to be up there, no? Well, you know, you got to kind of look at it this way. So people go, "Oh, this guy." He's got all these cars. Mm-hmm. Like you go, Leno's got, you know, five hangers just filled with cars, right? And you go, that's got to be super valuable. But it's like, yeah, that car's worth a million bucks over there, and that car's worth 500K. And he's got a Shelby Cobra over here. That's 900 grand. And then he has a Shelby 350 GT 65. Well, that's 400 grand. 
Yeah, tell me when you get to $52 million. Yeah, that's because two hangers. Nick's got one yeah. garage. Yeah. He's got an apartment. Yeah. He's got one parking stall. <laughs> yeah. It's got the carpet, the shag carpet wrapped around right the there. post, yeah. the pillar, so he don't scratch it when he's coming 100%. back from Kroger's. You know, <laughs> but, but Nick Mason would say, go walk around Jay Leno's garage and tell me how many cars you get to before you get to my yeah. one car. And the answer might be... 62 cars. One hanger. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, Jay's also got some buku expensive stuff. But so a guy like Nick Mason, because he bought the right cars, yeah. may have eight cars that are worth Leno's 165 cars. Right, right, right. Because this ain't all, you know, Ralph Lorenz that way. This isn't all he's got in his stable. He, yeah. he bought some other vintage Ferraris back in the day, and those are multi, multi-million. So he's got, you know, eight cars or 12 cars or whatever, but each one of them right. is multi, multi-million. I was going to sell my wife's Jeep Grand Cherokee, but now I think I just might <laughs> hang on to yeah. it in case. You never know. You know, it is a, it is a 2010, so I don't want to brag, guys. I don't want to come out here touting my uh, collection. Yeah, I don't know what else, Nick. Does he have kids? No kids, but he is married. Oh. Oh, Jay Leno and Nick Mason, like the possessors of the most expensive. I have nowhere, no kid. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, heist. ingratiate. No, I'm thinking sex. Yeah, <laughs> at heist. I'm thinking get in. Get in. Both. All right. Yeah, All right. something. And by the way, you don't have to give me the whole collection. Just no. break off. Give me a hubcap. <laughs> yeah. I'll be in it for a hubcap. Break honest, off guys. like a dome light yeah. or something. I'll be I'll be fine I'll with that. I'll take a wiper blade. Not even the whole wiper. <laughs> it's amazing. We got to find, now you got to find the name of the guy who drives Nick's car because I swear to God, I'm not making it up that he has the French Verse. version funny. name of this guy. Because I interviewed him too, and it caused that uh, caused a little confusion. Do you do you have things that you're keeping that you're going to bequeath upon your kids at your death? Like uh, you too, Joe. Like I mean, are there yeah. things that in your mind that you're just thinking, I'm holding on to this? Not a major. I have I, this was my dad's J. This is the piece of jewelry I got from my dad. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, got a J. a J. A J. So this was my dad's. My mom gave it to my dad on uh, their 20th wedding anniversary or something like that, and uh, so I took it. But my son's name is Remington, not Joe. But He's my only son, so I was like, "Well, you get this, unless uh, your sister has a son and she names him Joe." I said uh. that he gets it. <laughs> so I, I have the, I have that, but uh, I don't really have anything of like major value. I'm a watch guy; I like watches, so I have a watch collection, oh, you nice. know. But I don't I don't have a fifty two million dollar watch. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I I come from a family that collects nothing. Well, actually, they collect my my parents collect dust. Mm-hmm. That's essentially <laughs> what they collect. Like they don't have items really nothing wow just just nothing and so it's weird so i don't have the the gene although i then have a bunch of shit yeah so i've walked around here you've got some stuff they can just fight over it right you know when i'm when i'm gone but i come from a very rare family that has no keepsakes no heirlooms I, that, they don't like proof that they were alive. I think. Really? I think they try to deny it all. <laughs> they I, get up there. Well, I think when people collect a bunch of shit, take a lot of pictures, create things, they go essentially say, "I want proof that I existed." You, you know what I mean? Like, like when you when you write a book, you go, "Oh, that's proof I was alive." Hmm. There's a book. It's a picture on it. It's me. Hmm. It existed, and and it could be 
handed to the great-grandchildren one day. If you want to know what a dick your great-grandfather <laughs> was, just read chapter two. Right. Like, I think about that all the time. With my, you know, I basically got old on TV. Like I started Jokers. You know, I was on TV for a decade, and, my, and you literally watched me in high definition like get older. Like It's crazy. Like how if you look at the first – and then like the, season, the salt and pepper hair and stuff. But, and then now like with like podcasts and all this stuff, there's so many hours. I wish I had that about, about my dad. My dad passed when I was 19, and like I, it's just so weird to think that when I'm gone, my kids have hours – and you know you're in the same boat of just stuff of just my voice, hearing perspective points, any of that stuff. I think that's so. I think that's really cool. Yeah, but they're never going to listen to ten minutes of it. Like, I, so I I used to kind of see when I did radio, I just thought it would just all go up into the ether. You know what I mean? You didn't have like box sets of radio shows. I mean, not so much. You know, the weird old timey. Yeah, you yeah. know, Amos and Andy stuff and mm-hmm. stuff, but. It's, so I always looked at radio, and I kind of look at podcasting that way, and even TV is just sort of up up into the, the ether kind of stuff. But I always looked at, like, books and cars and watches and stuff. It's like, this is tangible, physical stuff that you leave behind. Like, now there's 700 million hours of me doing a podcast, but it's not like my – listen. Yeah, I, 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 I Look. <laughs> My son, my he's heard s- enough. He's heard enough. My son is kind of an Alex P. Keaton type. He's seventeen. He's pretty conservative. He loves listening to podcasts. And you know, four months ago, I had a really good sit down with Tucker Carlson. So I said to him, "You know, you like Tucker Carlson?" And he's like, "Yeah." I go, "Okay." Well, I did a good interview with him. It's like an hour and ten minutes. Maybe you want to check it out. And he's like, "Yeah, okay." He takes a walk every night for two hours and listens to podcasts. And uh, and Pink Floyd and wh- whatever. Um, like two months ago, I was like, "You check out me and Tucker." He's like, "Ah, no, nah. I got around it." I was check like, out "Oh, sick Mason drum yeah. solo." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then he comes back again, and, and each time he'd like come back from one of his walks with his earbuds in. And like a week ago, I was like. You got around to checking out me and Tucker? And he's like, not yet. Aww. And I'm like, all right, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You're like in high school it's, talking to the hot girl. We're Aww. fucking, hey, did, yeah. you, uh, did you help with that homework? Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. The window's closed. closed. It's painted shut. If you're not going to listen to it in the first four months, right. you're just not going to do it. So the chances <laughs> of him being in his 40s and wanting to go over yeah. my entire collection is very you, rare. You don't know, though. He might be looking for some sage advice from his father who, who may not, may or may not not be there with him but he just might want to like dig in you don't know like all so- right well let's pretend he's listening to this okay so i would tell him sonny give it to him practical jokers guys not gonna listen to me but he loves you <laughs> you tell him something. you've got great taste <laughs> what can i tell you give him uh, some life lessons ah you know life sucks suck harder get out there and do what you got to do uh, surround yourself with some people that make you better and just live each day as best you can. The suck harder part sound a little gay. <laughs> could we just, could we tweak that a little bit? Mm, I'll come back to it. He said what he said. Let's <laughs> circle around. Yeah. Uh, even suck better might even. <laughs> that doesn't really work. All right. But uh, Impractical Jokers guy, keep yeah. telling him stuff. Let's see. Because he could be in his 40s listening to this right now. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, if he's in if he's in his forties right now, you think this is the one he listens to? He doesn't listen to Tucker Carlson. <laughs> he starts. He starts at this one. He could have gone yeah. through the whole can, canon canon and worked here. his way up to this one. Is okay. what I'm All saying. All right. So what I'm saying is right now that you have to realize the influence you have on the people around you mm-hmm. and that love you and respect you could be your children if you have children at this point. Mm-hmm. Could be your your wife. Could be your uh, your your siblings. Mm-hmm. And you need to know that. We all, we're all proud of you. Yeah. The impractical <laughs> joker guy. guy is very proud of you. <laughs> and I think you've turned out splendidly. And you're looking at mirror. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps and get out there and just do good things. Because we're all counting on you from the grave because I'll be gone at this point. Yeah. He's 40. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let me dig in a little here. Go ahead. Uh, get it, Dad. Get it, Dad. Get a job. Fight to keep it. Floss. You know. It's important. Yeah, it's not all some weird emotional journey. There is some practical. Yeah, but at forty, shit at forty, if he hasn't been flossing, he's fucked. <laughs> he's got full dentures. Right? I got to floss later in life. Did you find? I, I made a move later in life, like some guys find religion in prison. That's no. what I did with flossing in prison. <laughs> oh, I didn't find flossing in prison. I'm just using that as an example. All right, we should take a break. What do we want to do when we get back? Oh, and buy a Ferrari. <laughs> buy a Ferrari. Yeah. I want to know what else Nick Mason has. As I will put a price to the rest of his collection. And I also want to know the history of this car, Dawson. Did it run at Lamar? Did it win at Lamar? We'll figure it all. We'll figure it all out. Joe Gatto here. Uh, two cool moms. Oh, that's a podcast we should get into as well. Uh it's got dates all over the place as well. Um, let's see. Should we go to cannoliproductions.com? Or jogattoofficial.com. Okay. We'll take a break. Be right back after this. Hey, I don't know if you guys know, but it's See Better Drive Safer Month. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. They have put a spotlight on items to help you see the road more clearly all month long receive gift cards after rebate on select wiper blades and bulbs if your wiper blades are streaking and smearing well they're worn out and they need to be replaced but good news you can get up to a 20 dollars o'reilly gift card after rebate with purchase of select wiper blades the professional parts people will install your new wiper blades and they'll do it for free See the road better with new bulbs. Get up to a $15 O'Reilly gift card after rebate with the purchase of Sylvania Silver Star Ultra or select ZXE Twin Pack bulbs. They'll even help you pick out the right bulb for your vehicle. Visit your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store for details. O Rewards members receive two times O Rewards points on select bulbs, and up to four times points on cleaning supplies for your vehicle. Don't miss the See Better, Drive Safer month. Now, at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store or shop online at O'ReillyAuto.com. Morgan and Morgan, let me lay a stat on you. People 15 to 24 had the highest rate of emergency room visits due to car accidents of all the age groups. Oh man, my kids are in that age group. Now I'm worried, but thank God there's Morgan and Morgan. If you're ever injured, you can uh, check them out. Morgan and Morgan, America's largest injury law firm, over 100 offices nationwide, more than 800 lawyers, more than 15 billion recovered for 300,000 plus clients. Morgan and Morgan has proven that they have a track record and 
They will fight to get you the full and fair compensation. They've been fighting for people for over 35 years. Racing my vintage cars is hard, but submitting a claim for Morgan & Morgan is easy. Am I right, Dawson? If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash Adam or dial pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. That's forthepeople.com slash Adam or pound law, pound 529 from your cell. This is a paid advertisement. Public restrooms are a good time. If I'm on the toilet and somebody comes in the stall, I'm like, finally you're here. We can get started. (laughs) But urinals, boys, the urinals, we know they're a little awkward, okay? But let's make them a little bit more awkward. Don't skip the empty urinal. Stand right next to the fella. And just snuggle in while you're taking the peeps. (laughs) Bonus points if you whisper the word impressive. Joe Gatto is on the Adam Carolla Show. Felt like an asshole the other day. There was a three urinal bank. No one in the bathroom like at the airport. I just walked in and went right to the middle one. And then a guy came in right after me. And I was like, oh, we're going to be next to each other because I fucking you did took, this to I took the middle. You did? Yeah, you can't take that middle one. Yeah, you can't stop pissing and move over. <laughs> no, you can. <laughs> you want to it off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't. And I didn't want to say anything. I just sort of hurried up, zipped up, and, and hightailed it out of there. But I realized that was a that was a mistake. For sure. What is a bigger faux pas? Taking the middle urinal on a three urinal bank, not using a co- no, <laughs> or as happens to me all the time when I leave this place, two lane highway, nobody in the left lane, pull up to the signal and sit in the right lane, and you're not turning right. And I am turning right. And I just have to fucking sit behind this maniac that went to the right lane. It's infuriation versus uncomfortability, I think, is Mm -hmm. a classic thing we're dealing about here. And it's what you deal with better. I think most people would rather the uncomfortable moments at the urinal. Versus I would be infuriated. I I think so, too. Speaking of the the urinal rage, the (laughs) highway, speaking of the highway, I I'm happy this happened to me. I was on PCH today. It's very rare, but I got honked through. I was five cars back, six car behind me, honked through me. I usually do the through honking. We have to we have to really get this notion across of the through honking. So the honk is you mean it's for somebody in front of you? It's, it's for the for lead you. guy. It's for the lead guy. Yeah, because tell me how you guys would react to this. And I think it's a mistake. But PCH has signals. You know, they go green, they go red. But there's a couple of crosswalk areas that just have the flashing red. Yeah. Now, the flashing red means stop. It's a stop sign, right? It's yeah. a stop sign. Yeah. But then you can go. Mm-hmm. But this particular flashing red doesn't have one flashing red. It has two next to each other, just a foot apart, and they go bing, 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 right, left, right, left, right, Like a right, railroad? It, it, it just feels different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even five cars back, I'm like, is that... Stop sign? Or are we waiting for this thing to? Are we about to jump in on double dutch? Yeah, (laughs) double dutch, like you're doing the yeah on the outside. And I was just sitting there looking at it, and the guy behind me, who I knew was a wily Malibu veteran because he was driving a G wagon. Mm. The G wagons are the fucking. They are the preferred 
form of transportation for all douchebags and like Kardashians. The G wagon is a <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It's it's like, would you like a? It's basically like saying. Would you like a $32,000 Jeep that we charge you $118,000 for? And you go, yes. I'll take it. I want a G-Wagon. There's nothing that that thing does any better than, you know, any any Lexus SUV, any Audi SUV or whatever. It's just for douchebags. And – and and they they're littered all over Malibu because mm-hmm. Malibu is a place for people that are douchebags and they have money and they're not looking for like maximum value out of anything. They just want to be seen pulling up at Nobu in their G wagon and the guy right. behind me was the G wagon, so I knew it was old school Malibu and he's the guy who honked through because he he knows this and I then honked. Yeah, you pick it up. Yes, you got a daisy chain yeah. to honk. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, when I honk through people, there's a guy in the fucking lead lane. He's not turning right. There is on PCH, you can turn right. There's a whole lane for you to merge. This fucker's not going. I'm four cars back. I honk, and the guy in front of me goes, what do you want from me? A honk. You honk. <laughs> We're honking through. Yeah. And by the way, if I'm, here. if I'm honking at you, then I'm a homicidal maniac. Right. If, 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 I, I can clearly see there's two cars in yep. front of you. You are not the problem. We need to get the honk through passed. Yep. We need to pass it along. Like People need to be aware of what this is. There needs to be a hashtag <laughs> or something. Like we need because the lead guy ain't doing it, right. and the fucking he's not turning, he's not moving. I blame the second guy as much as the first guy, though. The, the he's, second it's, it's guy's at fault. He's at fault. Second guy's at fault. Yeah. Well, the sixth guy honks in the G wagon. Mm-hmm. He honks through me. I honk, and we immediately take off. It will work. Yeah. The honk, I, and it was still four cars back. Yeah. Honked right through. You have to. You have to do that. Are you in the situation when you drive? When you're driving and someone messes up and you're about to pass them, you have to look at them. No, I, I, I have. There's certain things that are, pardon the pun, in my rearview mirror. Yeah. Like I, I cut in front of somebody the other day, which I don't really look at as cutting in front of. Which is, I put my signal on. Oh, so they know. And I coming. put the signal on for you know. A thousand feet, and then at some point I slide in front of the guy because he's not slowing down or speeding up, and then he gives the what the fuck. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, I had the signal on. He gives me the what the fuck, the honk, and the finger. Oh, you got the trifecta. I got the fucking tricep. <laughs> yeah, you got I, the whole pack. I got throwing. the finger. Yeah, he threw the, the bird in you and the fucking oh, finger. Oh man! And I was like. Kind of, I liked it. Yeah. You know, old school. Yeah. You felt respect. You felt thought, respect for that guy. You had me at the honk. Yeah. And then also, I knew what I was doing. Right. I saw you. I got to get the fuck off the freeway. You're not speeding up or slowing down. So I signaled for a while, and then I started moving over. I know it caught yeah. you by surprise, but I wasn't surprised. <laughs> but I, I knew what I was doing. You should have been surprised if you had your blinker off for that long, too. I got the finger. Oh, man. I don't. We Good don't do you, the finger so you much. You don't get it. It's a dying, it's a dying art. You know, I would like to. I would like to say, like, I would like to say to like the mayor and the city council and everything, like in the seventies. I'd like to go back and say to them, um, well, you know, this is L.A. is going to become a hellscape. There's going to be junkies everywhere. It's going to be garbage everywhere. The people are going to be like literally robbing trains and robbing. You know, Uber, oh, not Uber, Uber drivers and jacking people in their driveway. And it's going to be a shit show. 
going to be garbage everywhere. Tax is going to be through the roof. People are going to be fleeing. But there is one good thing. Uh, we pretty much eliminated the bird on the freeway. We pretty much <laughs> eliminated people doing the fuck you. We got it. It's gone. That 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 is a piece of yeah. good news. There's graffiti everywhere. There's homeless everywhere. There's death and yeah. despair everywhere. And you will not be safe to walk through downtown L.A. And by the way, the homeless shit, that's not, that ain't going to be Skid Row. That's where it was in the 70s. It's going to be in the San Fernando Valley. It's going to be everywhere. But there is good news. And that news is people are going to, they stop throwing the bird. Yeah. And they'd they'd go, well, good. Maybe they become more evolved, more civil. And I'd be like, no, they're scared to get shot. (laughs) Because it's with purpose. People haven't evolved. We're we're fucking scared that some guy in a fucking Ram Dooley's coming up behind them with a. People definitely haven't stopped because they're better. They've stopped because everyone thinks they're going to just get fucking shot or road raged or yeah retaliation. Not worth. Not it. worse. Yeah. It's fall. It's fall. I I would. I think throwing the bird is down like seventy nine percent. For from, sure. Oh, from, do you know the last time you threw the bird out? I don't do it anymore. Anymore, but do you remember the last time you, oh, bird, you birded somebody? I'm sorry. That was uh, not the way to answer that question. <laughs> You're right. You know, I should have known better. Oh, I don't know if you know it under mine. I literally, yeah, it was January 17, <laughs> 1989. Mine was June 8, 2017. You know what yeah, it I, is. June 8, 2017. It's the last time I remember it so much because I was in I was in a Whole Foods. My wife was pregnant with, my, with uh, our son, and she had uh, a craving for something, so I had to get it. And I went into Whole Foods, and she's in the car. My daughter was screaming and I was like let me just go get it for you she was like crying so I run in and I'm trying to get out of Whole Foods quick and this woman is uh, does the thing I'm online and I'm like tr- just trying to get the, the thing again she goes oh you're one of these. You're the guy. This is him. And she's with her husband. And he's like, this is him. He loves you. You got to take a picture. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just in a little bit of a rush. And she's like, doing it. she's like, you'll do it. Like one of those. So <laughs> yeah, now yeah. I'm like, all right, my daughter. I was like, all right, I'll, you know, real quick. And I try what I can, whatever. So finally, like, I was like, I'm going because I couldn't wait for her to open her phone. And she's like, oh, all right, fine, Mr. Big Time. Like one of those, right? So I go into the parking lot. I get in my daughter's screen, whatever. And then she drives by with her husband in the car. And she goes, has the window down. And goes, we used to be fans. Oh, my yeah. And oh. I literally lost it, and I, in the middle of the road, I double birded it, and I tell her go <laughs> double f yourself. Bird. Like I double bird her. I said go f yourself, and one of those. And I was like, I don't care. Like one of those. And I remember that vividly. That I think it was like one of the only times I lost yeah. my shit like that. And I was like, oh my god. So it's in my mind. I think the bird on the LA freeways not worth it anymore. No, way. no, you're, diminishing you're preservation. returns. Preservation. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not doing it. it for humanity. I'm doing it for myself. Yeah. You know. <laughs> All right, did do you, Dawson do you find any uh, Nick Mason cars, or is that a bridge? Is that a bridge oh, too far? Or? No, we got some info for you. Oh, oh uh, as right. far you as can we put can... it on the screen if you. Oh, okay, okay. Well, it's 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 kind of we have to kind of collapse it. It's from a big. We'll put the 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 article up there, but you gotta you know dig through it. So I, I have them for you. Oh, it's got a Maserati. What is that lipstick car? <laughs> <laughs> There's a 62 Ferrari 250 GTO, and then in addition, he's got a Ferrari F40, a GTB4 Daytona, and a fearsome 512S racer that starred in Steve McQueen's Le Mans. Oh, that fucking thing's worth $20 million. These are, these are all headliners. Too. Yeah. They are, they yeah. Are, yeah, and he's yeah. got that Jag XJ whatever that's worth a kajillion. I just feel 1957 Maserati 250S. <laughs> Uh, a 250F, I'm sorry. He's got no kids. I always called it Le Mans. 
uh, yeah. 55 Jaguar Jaguar D type. Does Ralph a 27 Bugatti Type 35B? Oh wow! Look at that. Does Does Ralph Lauren have kids? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, right. He's got a. Uh... No, I don't know if he does. <laughs> You know what? Should get These him on the horn. We gotta, we gotta ingratiate ourselves with him too. If Ralph Lauren doesn't have kids and Nick Mason doesn't, Ralph have Lauren kids. has three kids. No, he's got oh, kids. Okay, he's got it, right? Good. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Thank goodness. Well, Broke one the of them. Least. Oh my God, because he's got maybe the ultimate. Yeah. That. Nick has a 1901 Panhard five liter. Wait, there's there's a car made in 1901. I thought it didn't happen to later than that. <laughs> oh yeah. Real. Uh, and that's he's got a real? 96 McLaren F1 oh, GTR. Oh, that's $25 million. A 35 really? yeah. Aston Martin Ulster. That McLaren's $25 million bucks um, now. Yeah. All right. Well, he's doing just fine. He's okay. He's okay. <laughs> yeah. I think he's doing it, the okay. List goes on. Leaving the list goes don't on. shed a tear Leaving for Nick no Mason. One. No children. I think he's doing fine. Yeah. Thank you. And as far <laughs> as we can tell, that uh, a 250 GTO, what was it? That that Ferrari, uh, what was the year again? It, it looks like it came in third in Le Mans. Oh, it, it's it's better. Okay, the one that sold for 50, 62, 1962. The one that sold for fifty two million bucks was a DNF. Did did not finish. I looked it up. It ran Le Mans. It dropped out of Le Mans. A, yeah. It's, All right. So if he's it's got third, a little a little confusing. He's got too, third place so at Le Mans. That's uh, that's a, that's more valuable than fifty two. So he's doing anyway. Wow. He's doing just fine. He's okay. He's okay. We don't have to shed a tear for him. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. I think he's doing guys, okay. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. We can this poor guy's tight. driving a car from 1901. <laughs> <laughs> they had, you go to Leno's shop, he has a fully electric car from like 1907. No way. Yes. Really? Yes. Holy cow. They had, they had that? They had electric cars. And like Al Gore's great great grandfather <laughs> traversed the California yeah. highways. Its range is thirty feet. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's as far as a corridor goes. Yeah, yeah. So you can get a fifty footer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, can, shit, the extension cords out. You man. can make it to the mailbox. Yeah, we got it. No, it literally has an electric car, and and like they worked. Yeah, this shit worked back. I mean, it's it's it is kind of weird and nutty how. Even though it seemed like we were so far away, like you, you look at an, you know, an airplane from that era and look at a modern airplane now. But they had electric cars, and the electric cars right. worked. Yeah. And uh, and by the way, I've been on them. His steam cars, they work. Like people drove them. Like it, it, it seems like such a crazy novelty now yeah. that just shows up at the homecoming parade. Right, right. Well, we got to make it once around the track of the football field yeah. without ever too heavy on it. People, <laughs> people drove those things, right. like and and they worked. That's a, such a such a valid point you just made about like the first airplane versus like the first car. Like, have you seen some of the first airplane model things that they've done? They're insane. That I, people thought that would work, and the balls <laughs> of these people just oh, yeah. jump off cliffs in these things and see if they would work. That's crazy. Yeah, well, we were the whole movement was set back. The you know American and, and worldwide sort of aeronautical movement was set back by birds. Birds ruined it because every young designer, dreamer, inventor, engineer, he just stared out the window at birds, and the birds <laughs> flapped their wings. Like, you know, that's how we do so it. So they go. <laughs> 
Oh, that. okay. Yeah, we can all do right. That. We just got to get a nice flapping machine going here. But all they had was like bamboo and right. burlap and shit. You know, <laughs> flap faster, Margaret. Well, just flap put, faster. We'll put some starch over the burlap, yeah. and then what you do is you first off. Put on this leather helmet. And, <laughs> all right. Get your rugby helmet. Throw oh, it on. Wait, jump we, off this cliff. We want to be there safe. Go, there it is. Here's yeah. some goggles. <laughs> there you go. All right. So get a, let's yeah. go down to Dover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Get a running start. Yeah. Throw yourself off right. the cliff. And make sure and flap. <laughs> you got to flap. <laughs> Sammy, we're going to use your brother. He runs a little faster than you. So right. he's going to take the first go at it. Yeah. You, you probably got 20 pounds on him, too. Oh. So you make sure you flap. So everything... With some sort of flapping device. <laughs> the, the delusional balls on this guy to think that that was going to work. He's standing at a cliff. <laughs> but basically, he's basically got, he's holding like uh, like a cardboard box that's yeah. been unfolded. Birds fucked us up. I they did, threw us off the scent. Got they, they got us going in the wrong direction. You're right. And it made sense because the only thing that flew yeah. in... 1889 was a bird right? or butterfly or something. And you just have to look at it and right. go, well, if I want to fly, I know how. I got to flap. Devil's, we got to flap. Devil's advocate, though. The fish didn't fuck the submarine. Oh, yeah, you're right. The fish. The fish, the fish didn't fuck the submarine up the way the bird did, you know? For that, I never thought about that. That's heavy. That's heavy, man. Sorry. <laughs> if your son's listening, it's out. things like that <laughs> that you want to ponder. <laughs> no, the fish inspired the inspired submarine. Inspired the submarine. So it, fish are inspiring, and birds could fuck off, is what we're yeah. saying. Well, they don't like us. They shit everywhere. They attack our cats. We live in their toilet. <laughs> we live in their toilet. <laughs> we do. We live in their toilet. That's it. Yeah, they're horrible. Yeah. They're not even nice to fish. No. They'll snatch them right out of the sea. Two, two terrible pets, too, though. Like a bird and a fish are the two least. <laughs> Yeah, so the flapping, I think the flapping, if there was a bird that swam. (laughs) No, a bird that had the tail that spun around like like a propeller. Yeah, and just propelled them when they put their wings out and fixed. That would have worked. We would have been on flight a lot earlier. 1700s, late 1700s. That's right. All right, we'll uh, take a break. What do you got, Chris? You got some stories? Yeah. All right, we'll do that. We'll come back. We'll do that right after this. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Let me tell you about Angie, homeowners. You know, it's a lot of work to own a home. Whether it's uh, everyday maintenance, repairs, or dream projects, it can be hard to even know where to start. All you need is Angie. Your home for everything home. Find a skilled local pro who will deliver quality and experience. Over 20 years of home service experience. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie handles the rest. Look, you're busy. You don't have time to do all this stuff. Let Angie handle it. Take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit online. Visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. A-N-G-I.com. That's Angie. Let them do all the heavy lifting. 
You're about to hear a preview of one of my favorite stories on the Jordan Harbinger show with Megan Phelps Roper. She used to belong to one of the most hateful religious cults in America, the Westboro Baptist Church. She was born into this church and later escaped. To hear her tell the story firsthand is really incredible. I started protesting when I was five years old. Even at that first picket, there was a sign that said, gays are worthy of death. So God hates fags is what Westboro's message that we became known for. We were the good guys and everyone outside the church was evil and going to hell. And we had the only message that would bring the world any hope. We had to go and warn people, these terrible things are happening. And if you want this pain to stop, then you have to change because God isn't going to change. It brings me incredible sadness to think about now. I can't do this forever. And then that email came in and and we left. For more with Megan, including the details of her harrowing experience, check out episode 302 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Hey, Adam, you wacky son of a bitch. Hey, want to get your thoughts on who's the worst person? The person who's driving and never uses their blinker or the person that's in front of you with the light and the light changes and then they turn their blinker on. Which one's the biggest a-hole? You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. I think it's a latent blinker user because he you've proven to me you know how to use it now. You just You just don't use it for what we need it for. And I've said it a million times. They could just put it up on the big freeway signs out here. Use your blinker. They could do it for six months. And they would say, we will cite people who don't use their blinkers. And then everyone would use their blinkers. And that would be that. Yeah. Yeah. But we won't do that. Yeah. We won't even do the the most basic of what makes sense. We will not engage yeah. in that. Like, it's an it's an easy thing. I bet if people use their blinkers consistently, like everyone used their blinkers consistently, you would probably cut down on 41% of accidents, like on the freeway, because a lot of them are just guys changing lanes and people don't see them. And, and Or maybe you cut it down 20%, whatever it is. It definitely it, comes down, yeah. It would make an impact, and, and it would help with traffic flow and something like that. So everybody has a device in their car with a blinker yeah. and everyone could use their blinker, but many don't. So we could remind them and then we could sort of incentivize them to do it by saying, if a CHP guy sees you change lanes without your blinker, then you're going to get cited for it. But people don't use it and they don't use it with impunity. Like no, nobody has thoughts about it. Right. And, it would solve problems, speed up traffic, and may save a life or two. Yep. We will not share that information with the public. <laughs> we, we, we won't do it. Now, what we will do is we'll write click it or ticket, which is already built into your car. So we already have a device in the car that's going off, blinking, if you don't put your seatbelt on. So we don't need that. It's built into the car. We also have another thing that's built into the car. It's called a turn signal, and you won't fucking use it. Yeah. But our message is... Never gets to the turn signal. I, why? But why? why? I, I just, I have said, I've been on, the, I've been in town for 25 years. I've been on the radio for 25 years. I was like, I want to talk to the guys who do this, this, the sign. I want to, I want to talk to them about it. It's like, you can't, you know, whatever. It's like, 
Why not? Why can't why can't they take a suggestion? Why it's insane. I put it on the automobile people though. Like cuz if you make a turn without using your blinker the same way that you don't fashion your seatbelt, if they do that annoying chime, you don't think that would do it? Because I, I th- that is what makes people buckle their seatbelt. It's not the flash of light. It's that incessant yes, ding, 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 right? Yes, so, like, course. if you make, let's say, three. One's an emergency. One you forget. But the third time you do it, you're just an asshole. And you need to be reminded. I, I'm fine with, with building it into cars. Yeah. I got no problems with it. But this is Los Angeles. Like, people drive cars that are 20 years old yeah. uh, all the time. It's going to be a minute till we catch up. It's going to be a minute till we catch up. I would say... Let's just make it a crusade. Okay. <laughs> they do it. This is your purpose? Well, is this a part of your campaign? No. <laughs> Here's what it is. It's my coffee mug thing. It's yes. like, if you fucks can't do this, what else are you fucking up? Like, That's this right. is such a low threshold. Yeah. We do it. At, look, every year there's a fucking drought in, in California. Yeah. And then every year there's a big campaign. You know, don't hose down your driveway. Don't wash your car in the driveway. Use the broom. You know what I mean? Use the, don't, don't do this. Don't refill your swimming pool. You know, like they get. Don't they drink. Hit, <laughs> don't drink water. Don't hydrate. Let your plants die. No, but plant perennials that aren't, you know, you know, that are for the climate they're in and stuff. They, they hit you hard with it. And then they go check the numbers and they go, oh, we saved 28% more water because people didn't. And they go, if you're fucking hosing your driveway down instead of sweeping your driveway down, neighbor will drop a dime on you. Guy's going to show up from the fucking city. And people stop. They get the message. Yep. They don't do it. We could do that with signals. We could do it. Yeah. We just won't. <laughs> we won't. That's the ding, ding, ding. That's the, the neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I, I can't I can't wrap my mind around yeah. it. I can't. It's like we're so fucking dumb. It's the easiest. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm done. I, I just want to go into one city council meeting. Just fucking one. <laughs> we all want that too. What the fuck are we doing? What are you doing? Who's in charge of the fucking sign? Who does it? Who puts it up there? Ugh. Slow for the cone zone. I know. And now the holidays are coming around. So oh, it's you don't like, like the holidays? Oh, no. <laughs> That's no. a shocker. I thought you'd be such a cheerful no, fellow. How dare you? I fucking love the holidays. <laughs> really? Oh, okay, good. I Egg love the holidays. Listen, I like the holidays. The holidays mean the sign reads, don't get on Santa's naughty list. Put your seatbelt on. You know, now the theme. Themed, themes built themed in. of the same message. Put other that, people first. That we already know about. Got it. That's what the holidays That's are going to mean for the signs now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not going to get any figgy pudding if you don't slow for the cone <laughs> yeah. zone. That That's where we're at now. Yeah. It's just a festive message uh, version The of same these. fucking drivel, but, but with the holiday you put some, you put, shit. You put some, uh, you put some uh, cinnamon on it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Nutmeg, but yeah. Nutmeg it. You're nutmeg it. Ugh. All right. What do we got? I'm depressed. I'm angry. All right. Well, so we mentioned this earlier. So Joe hosts a podcast, Two Cool Moms, mm-hmm. with, uh, with our friend Steve Byrne. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, available on YouTube and all podcast platforms. So I thought – and it's it's a parenting podcast. You guys give maternal advice? Yeah. our Both, both of us had really good mothers that give great <laughs> maternal advice, and we think that we inherited that. So we spend the first half talking about our you know moms, our family, anything, because we're comedians. And oh, really? the second half, we do uh, fan-submitted dilemmas, and we solve people's problems as best we can. I just talked to Dr. True yesterday, and he was like, you know, it was such a blessing that our moms didn't really like us because when they died, we didn't really care. And I was like, like, yeah, I guess that's a good thing. You know, that's silver lining. That's a silver lining. That's something we could find that was positive. 
Because we were talking about guys I knew, and you may know some of these guys. You may be one. Mm, I'll find out in a minute. They got ruined by their moms. Not me. Their moms were so fucking doting on them. The worst roommates ever. Oh, for sure. The fucking worst. But their moms were so doting on them that they had a false sense of how they fit in the world. Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't, with that horrible attitude, it it didn't translate into being like a good employee, a good partner, a a good roommate, because they... Yeah. They just fill the fucking sink with dishes and then just walk past it It'll for the next done. week yeah. waiting for you to, to do it because their mom yeah. ruined them. They call them helicopter moms right now. That's those are helicopter yes. moms, yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't I didn't have my mom didn't do that. She yeah. was good to you, but she didn't ruin you that way. No, no, she was a crazy Sicilian <laughs> from uh, but, but she was she was she was definitely very do good. Do we to me. do we all know people? I mean I can I thought, think of, I thought Italian moms were known for like letting their, their kid live at their house till they were thirty. Yeah, I and, think there's a difference than that. Because I lived I moved back home. I moved out to LA, tried it, didn't work, went back home and I lived in my mom's basement. Super successful. And uh she uh she, I lived there, but I had to earn my keep. I had to do my stuff. Like it wasn't like one of those, you know. Uh, sitcom moms that's right. like you know I'll do I'll take out the guards like <laughs> she was like what are you doing yeah. yeah like it's it was like that you know do we all know people that were ruined for this sure. way for sure like I said when you find out they're your roommate it's like oh worst this is devastating I had a well roommates coming out of your life which is fine which is good but I had a, I had a cousin whose mom who was my aunt who was like that and totally ruined them it was like oh uh, I remember I go to my buddy's house and we would eat. It, we eat dinner in his room, and then he was just like, "Oh, just stack stack all the plates on my desk." Mom will come <laughs> in. Yeah, mom will come get it. Like that's what we uh, do with the plates. Just stack them. He just had stacks. Of yeah, dishes. nobody ever says like, "Listen, love your kids, love your son, take care of your son, you know, hug your son, but don't fucking overdo it, bitch." Yeah, <laughs> you will make the world's shittiest forty-one-year-old at some point. Like I've up. had these guys as roommates; they're the fucking worst. Yeah. All right. And it doesn't help them in life. No, it, just, it doesn't. It doesn't serve them. It hurts them. You need yeah. a little bit of fucking humility. You need like a just a just a just a dusting of low self esteem. Sprinkle. Yeah, just a sprinkle, <laughs> like nutmeg. Nutmeg, a little bit of nutmeg. Yeah. Well, so so, so um, there's this New York Times uh, article written by Chelsea Conaboy who who basically says the maternal instinct is a myth that men created. So she says that the notion that selflessness and tenderness babies require is uniquely ingrained in the biology of women uh, is a relatively modern and pernicious one. It was constructed over decades by men selling an image of what a mother should be, diverting our attention from what she actually is, and they call it science. This bitch is retarded. Fucking, <laughs> well, thanks, guys. It's great being here. Yeah. That they fucking do this. They That the whole, all these fucking lefties are always trying to sell something. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, half the, the gazelles are bisexual, you know. Oh, okay. That translates. Okay. That's good. You know, certain tribes had women. Like, it's like, listen, we are who we are. That's it. Women have these instincts. Men have other instincts. Yeah. And the reason it kind of works is there's a balance. It's not like one is better than the other. Yeah. It, it works nicely. It's I like, think you see the maternal instinct, though, in nature more. I think that's where it came from, right? It stemmed from like a lion, uh, lioness, like taking its life to yeah. save its child and things like that, right? Yeah, the male lion wants from... to eat the cub. Right, yeah. yeah. And then she's fighting it. All they do, all these, is this just a New York Times or something yeah, like that? New York Times. All these crazy bitches do is go back. And try to deconstruct shit that doesn't make any sense. And I've, I've I've dealt with this my whole life. I had a hippie mom. Oh, 
the she didn't spend a lot of time on me, but she only spend time instilling horrible ideas, horrible <laughs> hippie ideas. And she was one of, this stuff goes back. Like, well, you know, if you give a little boy a dolly and a little girl a gun, the, the boy will play with it. No, nope, we don't want that. That's not how it works. That's mm. not how it works. Five-year-old boys, if they don't have a gun, they'll pick up a stick and start going pow, pow, pow. And if a young girl doesn't have a dolly, she'll she'll take a throw pillow and put a fucking wig on it and start start brushing its hair. That's who we are. They can't. They hate the whole gender thing because it flies in the face of their sort of fluidity. Like they but want us to all be just, something. Don't you think that just comes from us? Hmm. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she certainly does. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. But have fun. Yeah. Well, she says new research on the parental brain makes it clear that the idea of maternal instinct is something innate, automatic, and distinctly female, and that's the myth. And it has stuck. No, it's not the- distinctly female. Dads yeah, yeah, have maternal. very strong yeah. thoughts about their kids as well. Yeah, They're right. just different roles and right. different thoughts. Yeah, I think I think that's that's what you know. Men, everybody knows men and women think differently, right? So there's different right. things that drive you. Um, so, but I think pa- you, something gets awoken. And you, when you become a parent, for sure, right? You think, yeah, you the think man, man or woman, right? Like when you're responsible for another life, like that's a light. I, you, when you became a father, didn't you feel like, something, oh, this is different? Yeah. Something was unlocked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? No? Yeah. I, 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 I certainly do. No, come on. Maybe not Sonny, right away. If you're listening. Yeah, Sonny. This is a great <laughs> awakening. Well, okay, so I think a lot of guys have this, like, I had to change my ways, you know, my boozing, my carousing, my womanizing, you know, like yeah. my gambling, you know. I didn't. I didn't have to change my ways because I was always pretty good, you yeah, know. I, yeah. I worked and I was pretty dutiful and I took care of everyone, you mm-hmm. know. And so, you know, when I had kids, I was just like, well, it's going to be more of this. Yeah. You know, I didn't have this, oh, man, it's time to stop bar fighting or shit like that. Yeah. I was just like. Well, now you may have to work a little more. Harder. Right. Prepare that, for. That, that's right. But the woman worries that the kid is going to go out for a walk unaccompanied and be abducted or something Something horrible is going to happen to the kid. And then the husband worries that if the kid doesn't go out there and skin his knee enough, he's not going to be ready to face the real world. They're both parenting thoughts. They're just kind of from different perspectives, yeah. and that's why male and female end up working out yeah. as the sort of model for raising a kid. Right. Well, anyway. actually, and there's there's new research that shows that gay parents are actually really great parents, but they say it's because they wanted to be parents, right? So they're... Is, do you do you believe that? Oh, oh well, yeah. There's a there's a drive for there's it. a drive like yeah. oh they're they're yearning to be parents. Well, also, you fuck, both your dads have a convertible. I mean, that's got to be awesome. Yeah, that's 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 one hundred four million dollars. Just everyone else right now stuffed <laughs> in a minivan. <laughs> right. Nick Mason and Nick Masson. <laughs> Nick Mason, and Nick Masson have one hundred four million. You're worth it already. You're coming, Dawson. Did you find out Nick Masson's name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just find out who drove who drives Nick Mason's. What I can't. We're still looking. Really? I hope it's Nick Masson. Let's just live in that reality. <laughs> well, it's, oh, it's, it's really close. You're talking about Natalia checking out colleges. So there's this Harvard-trained parenting expert. Oh, well, let me circle back. Oh, please, please. Uh, look, if you are gay and you adopt, or if you're straight and you adopt, you wanted kids. Yeah. And that's always going to make you a better parent than one where uh, pops forgot to pull out. Yeah. So any time... <laughs> If you do a comedy club and it's rando comedy night and there's a bunch of other comedians on the bill, that audience might be okay, 
but they're not there to see you. You know what I mean? Your best audience is going to be people who bought tickets early, mm. waited in line, you know, and that's really what the audience is as a parent. We wanted a kid. It took two years. We had cost us a bunch of money. I mean, yeah. that's, yes, you're burning calories to then raise a kid. Right. Yes, you'll be better, gay or straight. All right. So uh, um, there's this Harvard trained parenting expert. So she shared this message for her own kids. Um, there is no such thing as a good college. So um, this is a parenting researcher and author, Jennifer Wallace, and she taught her own three children of this very simple concept. And that we need the first thing we need to, we need to do is get out of our heads that there is such thing as a good, a good college. We got to dial down that pressure around college admissions. Uh, attending a prestigious college doesn't guarantee any ideal future. Research shows. No, no. What what guarantees? A future is your work and your ta- your talent. The where you went to college is you know good it's, for a first date. It's maybe. But I know, but it's, that's also a dated thing. I think. I think when we yes. were coming into the professional yes. world twenty, thirty years ago, for sure, you got to a, you got into a different pile if you went to Yale. Mm-hmm. You know, but now I, I feel like I, I don't think it matters nearly as much. I mean, I, I use this example, but. When we were doing the man show, we would get a lot of writer submissions right. every year. You guys probably would get writer right. submissions and stuff like that. And at the top, it'd be like, oh, this guy's from Harvard. You know what I mean? But then we'd read the submission. And I don't care if the guy was from Oxnard Junior College. If you were laughing, yeah. reading his submission, then you hire that guy over the Harvard guy right. every time. But it's twofold, right? If the Yale guy was good, you wouldn't even have looked at the Oxnard one. Right. So like it's it depends on like that guy shit the bed because he wasn't funny, but he just happened to go to the right college. But I think you might have got a first look back in the day. Yeah, it helped. Yeah, for sure. It helped. But it's kind of a bygone era. I think I think. I I don't. And I know it is because everyone is now all the successful people are bragging about dropping out of college their junior year, whatever it is. I don't even think like I mean, I have an accounting degree. (laughs) You do. Yeah, I, I was I was a business major. You know, I don't know. It's kind of similar to like dropping out because I didn't pursue what I studied at all. You know, it's it's college develops your social skills and all that, you know, but and makes you a people person and how to deal with that stuff. But I don't think gives you experiences. But I think that's the biggest best thing about college. I always say that I say that to my nieces and nephews about it. It's like experience college. Right. Don't worry about the books as much. Yeah. All right. Um, So uh, this is a this is a story about a mother who seventy five years old. In the northern Italian city of Pavia, ah. she won a court order after suing to have her sons, aged 40 and 42, removed from her house. Uh, see? <laughs> but that's on her. She was too doting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so, that, that's, a, that, that's like, you know, it's like squatters, rights, But they're your children. <laughs> you, have to, you have to get the law involved to get them out. That's bad. Well, it's I like mean, Carmine. You got to pack your shit. <laughs> in Italy. <laughs> Italy's the place where they bring their laundry back, like in their 30s yeah. and 40s, you know, <laughs> to have their mom yeah. do it. Yeah. So I, I make sense that it's out of Italy. But uh, back to my original point, don't dote. Yeah. Yeah. You, kids got to get out there and do a little hunting for himself. Right. So the, the, the two sons are described in court papers by their mother as parasites. Mm-hmm. And they've been living in the family apartment without contributing financially or helping around the house. So she uh, and the judge sided with her. Here's the thing about people that don't contribute financially in general. They don't fucking 
make up for it in other ways. Right. They're and, even worse than the people who do yeah. contribute financially. You've got to like, add value somehow. I, I, you really <laughs> thought, like I naively thought, well, if this person doesn't make money, surely they're going to be busting their hiney around here trying to overcompensate for not contributing. Nope, they're much lazier. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, and by the way, that's the reason they don't contribute money. Right. I had yeah. a roommate who crashed on my couch when I lived out here for uh, for two months. And I was like, oh, he's like, I don't have any place to rent. Oh, crash on our couch. Fine. Did nothing around the house. That's, I thought that's it was the... That's the thing. Yeah, like, clean the coffee cup. <laughs> like, that's your job now if you're not doing it, right? Yeah, they don't do anything. It's it, That's crazy. I've always and, – and by the way, you they could buy themselves another 10 months on that sofa if they if you came home and caught them doing a load of laundry or some dishes or yeah. something like that. But they don't. No. They never do, yeah. which is weird. But that's the reason they need to be on your sofa. Right. <laughs> like people go, Self-fulfilling process. how come when I lend money to my cousin and I never get paid? Because he needed money. Yeah. He's 44 <laughs> and he wanted to borrow right. six grand. Yeah. That means he's not good. Yeah. With money that With you money. won't get back. Right. So you're surprised that it's been four years and you yeah. haven't seen that money? I'm going to punch you in the face. It's going to hurt. <laughs> there's there's literally no such a the, – the, the only version there is, and you probably know this because you've made some good good coin and have a few of the you know, family members, neighborhood guys. There's only one version of lending someone money that ever works. It's someone who has money who you front them money. Like they go, I got all my shit in a T-bill. It doesn't mature for eight months. And I got to get the down payment together for this condo. But if I pull it out of the T-bill now, I'm going to get penalized or something. That person you confront that money to. We run in very different circles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that person either. I'm just saying. I was on basic cable. That that person's me, actually. You've got T-bill money. I got you. No, what I'm saying is, is you... You can front money to people, people who yeah. need a short term whatever because they have something that didn't sell yet or or yeah. mature yet or whatever it is. You can't just do the here's some money. All right, Dawson was looked like he was celebrating. Yeah, um, I was searching uh, images from Goodwood just to see. Ah, uh-huh. you know, and most of them I had to scroll down quite a bit. You can't see inside the car. I'm going to send it to Byron. We'll put it up, but. Marino Franchitti drove Nick Mason's uh, 250 GTO at Goodwood. Now, Chris, it's nice now, to I be on this side, of the, this side of the glass, right? I can't find Nick in anything uh, about Marino Franchitti is, uh, I know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Dario and Marino. I think they're brothers. I think they're brothers. That's, a, that's as yeah. close as we yeah. can come. And oh, the well, problem with trying to find someone named Nick Masson, it's all Nick, Nick Mason. Mason yeah. it's, that's all it's <clears throat> going to be. Yeah. Well, let's see. What year was it? I probably wouldn't celebrate quite as physically next time, Dawson. <laughs> I, 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 it sort of led me. I to... was just thrilled that the, 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 that the Google image <laughs> approach Instead of just a regular Google search, I'm just looking through the pictures, and then finally, they show a picture of a driver. There you go. That's a. I, I I'm, applaud I'm pretty you. Proud of I, I applaud you. you know, I'm I applaud you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if we <laughs> accomplished our mission. I, I agree that we didn't accomplish a mission. But Although I know. guess if you say. Dario Franchitti real fast and Nick Mason, they'll almost sound like the same 100%. name. You're right. Just on the same <laughs> realm. Um, no, Dario Franchitti's a really good dude, and his brothers a really good dude marino 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 Uh, and one of them was married 
Dario Franchitti, Franchitti was, brothers. was married to a, a Judd. Naomi, no. What's the Judd? Ashley Judd. Frank, Frankiti and Judd? Sounds like, <laughs> that's sounds a, like law a law firm. firm. <laughs> I'd go to that. Slip and fall. <laughs> Bite by a dog? Bite back. Wrongfully terminated. Mesothemia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a pubic mesh explosion? Have you worked near asbestos in the late 90s? Uh, uh, we ever, uh, ever stationed at Camp Lejeune. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to Frankini and Judd. Uh, slip, fall, make the money. <laughs> and this is them, right? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. All right. So I know something. How do you All know right. that? That's so great. Uh, well, I know Dario. Okay. Um, and he's super, super nice guy. Every time I go to the track, I hang out a little bit. Um, all right, Dawson. This would have taken place in like 2018 or 2017 or something like that. We were so there around help. 2016, I believe. Oh, 16. Yeah. yeah, I've been there a few times, so I don't okay. remember the time I talked to Nick Mason. And right. we He was have there it. in 2006. He's probably there every year, but... Yeah, and that was the year, so now maybe just go... That's, I looked through all of the drivers from the 2016, and and they they do have a list of the cars they drove, and for some reason on this list, there's no 250 GTO. Mm. So I'm still looking well, at that. It's in our. Uh, Let's do a quick Google search of who drove the. Oh, it's Nick Mason. Go, it just go. came up. <laughs> Nick Masson. Nick Masson. It just came up. What are you talking about? Um, now it could have been like Nicholas Masson or something like that. Anyway, let's uh, we'll do we'll do one more, Chris. Now Chris is. Is looking. I feel like it's got to be somewhere. But I'll tell you where it is. It's uh, Adam Carolla goes racing, basically. I basically interviewed the guy. Oh, my God. I didn't, but I... Speaking of... Dawson, you better hope Kristen <laughs> just find it. No, no, I, I didn't. No, I just... I, but Marino Franchitti is married to Holly Mason, daughter of Nick Mason. What? <laughs> <laughs> my mind is so, exploding here. That's what is where going on? Ride. Huh. Oh. So that's also, I got the ride. coincidentally, sat at a red light and didn't make a right that turn and got honked didn't through. Use a coaster. <laughs> uh, put in French. I'll tell you what. Google in French race car driver Nicholas like Masson or something, and see if some something something comes up. Because the guy had to have his bona fides, or Nick Mason wouldn't have let him drive his $50 million car. Not You're not like, giving that to like any valet Nick, guy. <laughs> Nick went to the go-kart track. Who's got a red coat on? Come here, take this. Found a guy that looked pretty good behind the wheel. Yeah. Yeah, nothing comes up from that. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll have to search. I will scrub through our archive at some point because I, I remember, interviewed the guy. I remember thinking that, too. I remember you mentioning it. Yeah, I did. Maybe you were just calling him the wrong name, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> he just called him Nick Mason. He I'm thought you were Mason. doing a bit. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. One more. All right. Um, so there's this uh, this teen mom. Like she, well, She's famous for the show. Teen mom, I think, but so she posts this picture of her kid on Instagram that uh, a lot of people are commenting on, really just to show her kid's nails. Oh wait, we got a oh there he is, Minasan. We just put it. We just put up the uh, yeah. Up oh, we found Nicholas. Him. Oh, we can't verify, but that's a French race car driver. Nicholas at Goodwood. Yeah, that's him. That's me. It. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, now you celebrate. You, you did it. What the hell was that? You found the right answer, and you were like so humdrum about it. 
Yeah. You should have been firing off confetti <laughs> cannons in there, taking your shirt off, and like dry humping the chair. I've been burned enough times when I thought I had it. <laughs> like, that so was the most unimpressive in, uh, moment of glory I've ever uh, seen. It's like you just won the New York City Marathon. Oh, when he found Dario Franchitti, he was out of his mind. <laughs> yeah, Marino. 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 Who's married to Holly Mason, the second daughter of Nick Mason. Wait, I thought Nick Mason didn't have didn't kids. Didn't have kids, I know. I'm, well, yeah, that's, oh, I don't know how we, we got that. That's... That's the whole web is un- unraveled uh, in this whole episode. Right. He has two daughters. <laughs> yeah, so his Holly name is... and Chloe Mason. Minasan or Minasan. Yes. Yeah, but when he goes... When one guy's named Nick Mason and the other guy's name is Nick Mason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or however he says it, French. Yep. I'm like, you got the fucking same guy. You did. Driving the, driving the car. Now, how did you find it? You want French race car driver, Nicholas... Manasan or Mason or something that sounded they like spell, it. Yeah, they were spelling. It's, it I mean, it's M I N A S S I A N. But you know, French. It, it could be one syllable, right? Yeah, that's, that's how you found that's it. Smith right? in French. <laughs> Nick Smith. All right, French now we found it. All right, we did it. All right, well, good job, it. guys. All right, I feel like we should wrap it yeah, on that. That was a win. Not gonna, gotta, that's a win. That's a victory. That's what we want to do. Take a victory lap. There we go. Yeah, Nick Manasan and Nick Mason. All right. Oh, let's see. Where's my plugs for you, Joe? Uh, the podcast, Two Cool Moms. Yep. And uh, you can get that wherever you find a finer podcast of with course. our friend Steve Byrne, who's mm-hmm. just the nicest. He's the best. I love him. The best. Such a great dude. He's a great dude. Yeah, he's such a genuine, really nice guy. Funny, too. Yeah. Also, uh, dates all over the place. Yeah. And yeah, we can just go to Joe Gatto. We Joe can Gatto go to com. Yeah. And cannoliproductions.com. Well, you could go there, too. But you'll get officials easy to remember. Yeah, but I'm playing the uh, Beacon in New York City, which I'm psyched about, on January 20th. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Well, this was uh, good for me. Uh, well, Vegas. You're doing two shows at yeah. the Kimmel Club. Rancho Mirage, second show added. Oh, and you're going to be at Solana Beach in January, January 7th, with Greg Fitzsimmons and Jody Miller on stage. Oh, that'll be a fun show. That'll be a good one. All right, so until next time, this is Adam Carolla for uh, Joe Gatto and Chris Maxvada and Nick Masson <laughs> saying mahalo. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. And uh, you can leave a message about how you can Google things better than we can. Get your tickets to see Adam Carolla at adamcarolla.com. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy Christmas classics like Scrooge with Bill Murray or Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. Plus, dive into festive channels like holiday movie favorites by Lifetime or Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never. Hold on to your jingle bells. Pluto TV has all your holiday favorites for free. Enjoy our season's greetings category with nine holiday channels, including holiday movie favorites by Lifetime, Festive Fireplace, Holiday Lights, and Hallmark Movies and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming holiday favorites on live channels and on demand. With thousands of free movies and TV shows, Pluto TV is your home for the holidays. Pluto TV. Stream now. Pay never.